0: It is
1: no secret that although we are perhaps less enamored with history from flying cars to robot maids, popular culture is full of depictions of what we think the future will be like. Artists and inventors and designers have been discussing what the future may be like for a long time in Western culture. Nick Montfort synthesizes these thoughts in his new book, The Future in which he asserts that we can all become future makers in how we think about and use technology. Today we're talking the future. This is New Books in Technology. I'm your host, Jasmine McNeely. All right, so the book is The Future, and we're here with Nick Montfort, uh, who is uh, a theorist, a, a critic, Uh, in the digital media space, but before I start introducing you, one of the first things we always like to do on new books and technology is have the authors introduce themselves. So who is Nick Montfort?
0: Well, my work is as a theorist and critic of digital media, and my perspective on the future comes from that. I'm also a writer, a poet, and I'm interested in how people in writing and the arts and design have approached the future as well. So, um, while my book is about technology, it's really about how technology intersects with those sorts of views and, um, and with perspectives on society.
1: Why write the future?
0: Um, well, there's, uh, the future is very interesting. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a compelling topic, I think, for everyone. Many, many centuries ago, millennia ago, people had an idea that everything was going to be the same, that, um there wasn't any point in thinking about the future or at most there would be seasonal changes. There'd be cycles, but, uh, but, you know, since, um, the, uh, since the enlightenment and, um, um, also since the, the 20th century and, um, uh, issues where, that have come to light with climate change and with the effect of man's presence on the earth, um, people have seen that the future can uh, change for better or for worse. Um, People have been very concerned about it. Um, So there's been a lot written about the future from sometimes sort of disciplinary perspectives of future studies. But my interest in it is how people working in technology um, and uh, somehow connected uh, with new technologies um, have uh, imagined a better way for people to live together, a better way for technology to um, improve on the way people think, to improve on uh, the way people learn, um, uh, to make for better societies. And um, rather than just you know sort of disrupting things in order to uh, to make money, they've um, come together with uh, um, ideas about technology and society um, that uh, um, that have had a tremendous impact personal computing being being one of them. Um, so I've tried to draw out lessons from what different people um, who have worked along these lines um, have have done in engagement with the future.
1: What makes their perspective so interesting?
0: Well I, I think you know one of the issues that I, I think everyone recognizes that people like uh, people who study Douglas Engelbart or Alan Kay, their work um, you know, are, are pretty easily wowed, and they should be by the things that have been accomplished in terms of um, uh, Engelbart's mother of all demos, demonstrating his project to bring not only the mouse that he's known for, but also video conferencing, collaborative editing, hypertext—a huge number of advances—to um, this this crowd. You know, even before the 1970s. Um, and then Alan Kay's project. He, he, who Alan Alan Kay was in the audience there, who went on to think about personal computing and notebook computing, and develop and to develop these very humanistic, you know, personal ideas of what the computer can do, and how it can make a difference in lifelong learning. Not just, I mean, he was interested in in uh, young young learners, but uh, it applies to um, uh, people throughout their lives. Um, and, uh, and, and developing, you know, uh, these, these sorts of perspectives, I guess, you know, part of the reason I was motivated to write the book in the first place is, is people know some, are, I'm not the first person to write about Alan Kay or, or Douglas Singlebart, but a lot of times, even when people learn about them, um, their response is, oh, they really, uh, they really predicted a lot. They had a, they had a, you know, they had a, they had a great idea of what the future would be like. Um, uh, they were really smart, you know. They they um, uh, uh, they came up with these great predictions, and uh, to me, um, that is really missing the point. Because in fact, uh, what uh, uh, Engelbart, Kay, also people like uh, Vannevar Bush, uh, Ted Nelson, and then, as is more widely recognized, you know, Tim Berners Lee what these folks uh, accomplished with digital media wasn't prediction. They invented uh, their technologies and the future that went along with them. So I want people to, uh, um, to be able to realize that, you know, it's, it's not just coming up with a, a new hack uh, or a new app uh, or developing, you know, a particular new product, but um, a view of how that fits into society um, it's, you know, something that's been going on since, uh, the early days of computing. Um, but often, uh, people do focus on you know, when Douglas Singelbart died, the headlines said, Oh, you know, inventor of the mouse. Um, uh, that was how he was remembered. And that's really a minor part of what he did. That was one piece of a, a tremendously influential system to do what he called augmenting human intellect. We wanted computers to be able to help us think better. Um, so now when I go to, you know, when I teach in a classroom and people have their computers or when I'm out at a conference and people bring their computers out, well, if you notice, I mean, almost no one has a mouse. Everyone's using their, their, their trackpad or, you know, um, uh, but that doesn't mean that Engelbart's influence has has disappeared. Uh, the things that he worked on, the fundamental things he worked on, um, had been tremendously influential.
1: Hmm. Now, you're, you're mentioning the issues with focusing on the future as far as predictions. Um, and in fact, the, you in your book, you, you say the future is more about it being an unwritten book. And I was wondering about that metaphor and how you came up with that.
0: Well, I mean, it's, it's not mine. It's from Joe, Joe Strummer of the clash. Um, and, um, uh, it is an empowering metaphor. I mean, it doesn't mean that things are going to be great. Uh, but it means that we have, uh, volition. We have a choice. We can, we can, uh, influence things. Um, and, um, so I want, and of course there's some things I, in some, in some cases it is, it's worthwhile to be, to be predictive, but I think, I think we know about those already. I think we underestimate our ability for change and, um, in, in even the, the, in con- the contemporary political metaphors, even if we're not looking to return to the past, to make America great again, even if we're looking to the future, those metaphors aren't always as empowering, um, as they could be. So I, I think of, uh, my perspective on the future is one of future making or future building or, or designing the future. Those are the, those are the things that I'm most interested in, um, rather than the idea of scrying in a crystal ball, you know, to see, um, you know, what lies, what lies in front of us.
1: Yeah. So talk about that. You, in the book, you do specifically use the term future making or future makers. And you said that that's the most essential approach to, the future.
0: Um, well, so there's people involved with futurology or future studies, um, and you know they would take particular. They have uh, sort of dis- they have conferences. They have disciplinary bodies of work. Um, I, there's actually just befo- uh, just before my book came out, I was surprised because Oxford University Press has a series of s- similar small books, um, very short introductions. And they have one entitled "The Future," you know, a very, with a different subtitle, a very short introduction. Um, and so, you know, I I read it and I enjoyed it. I think it's a good. It's more encyclopedic. It's a more. It's a much more standard treatment. Um, and so, people who want to see what's going on um, from that more conventional perspective, you know, that's that's also a good book to look at. Um, but I'm interested in the threads that draw together things like. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, in that book, I think there's, you know, maybe a sentence or two about um, Thomas More's utopia, which I consider a very, very important uh, aspect of, of future-making, future-oriented writing. It, um, the book itself is not, uh, it, so it's about a place, this, this, or, you know, a no place, a utopia that is supposedly within the fiction of the book, you know, it exists contemporaneously. With so it's not literally about the future, but of course it is about the future. It's about the possibilities for how society could be different. Um, and, uh, and so utopian writing um, is another thread of work, not not entirely distinct from what people have been doing as technologists. In fact, um, Douglas Ingebart would write in this sort of hypothetical mode in which he he described, you know, what he thought his what what abilities he thought his systems would provide to people, you know, years down the road. And he would have a hypothetical scientist talking about how he's working with a system. And so um so this this actually isn't entirely uh disassociated from, you know, the standard types of, of technological invention that have played a role in the twentieth century. But but I find um that um uh, utopian writing and the thinking of artists and designers you know, has been tremendously important in enlarging people's imagination and changing what they can do. Of course, um, Douglas Engelbart's amazing demo was one of the ways that that was done. Um, but also Norman Belgetti's exhibit Futurama, which was actually at both New York uh, World's Fairs in different forms that many people... Uh, went to and had a whole different idea of what mobility could mean within a city, you know, around the country, um, and utopian writing from people like Edward Bellamy. Uh, he's not uh, he's not popularly known these days, but an incredible, incredible influential figure in American history. Uh, had best selling uh, book uh, this best selling book, uh, Looking Backwards positing basically you know socialist society in which people would um one of the great um scenes in it which i uh, paraphrase in the book or quote from in the book is when the uh protagonist is out and it starts to rain in boston of of the year 2000 and he's like oh no i i forgot my umbrella i don't i'm don't uh, uh, don't have anything for the situation and uh the the guide who's showing him around says oh um here, you know, uh, in our city at this time, we have one umbrella for everyone. And then awnings open up, you know, and everyone is, uh, everyone's provided for, everyone's taken care of. And, um, uh, and it was a very, very powerful idea that motivated book clubs, but even utopian communities. Um, and, uh, and I, you know, also Charlotte Perkins Gilman, um, her uh, vision of this all female uh, society, again, it, not a future society, exactly. It was supposed to be somewhere off um, in the wilderness at the same time as uh, uh, as the book was written, that these explorers find. And there's some, you know, sort of absurd elements to how they reproduce uh, without, um, you know, ha- having more than one uh, uh, biological sex and so on. But it's not really, the book isn't about that. It's about this, this um, question. If women ha- did have a society where, uh, you know, they live by themselves, wouldn't they be able to do everything? Wouldn't they be able to, you know, <laughs> govern themselves and you know, build a uh, housing. And I mean, what, what would be the problem? Um, and sort of put this forth and demonstrated in a way that amid some, uh, you know, a more absurd outrageous aspects there's also this this plausibility in it so um uh, so i i'm i wanted one of the things i wanted to include in this book which maybe is is less conventional in you know scenario planning types of uh, views of the future is um that that people do sometimes have these more outrageous and absurd views of the future but in them uh there can be really valuable ways to um in in, enlarge our imagination and help us think about uh help us get out of ruts that we're in currently help us think about new directions Mm
1: -hmm. so would it be odd to ask you are we heading more towards the Jetsons versus Futurama or
0: Uh, Futurama the tv show you mean not the not the exhibit yeah um so I mean well those are both, both both of those shows are are very much about particular quirky things about past visions of the future, so really they're sort of in line with like they're in line with the Flintstones, right, which is sort of past visions about the past um, and uh and they 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 revel in those uh, in in what's a mismatch between what we thought the future would be like you know, what it is and sort of, sort of amplifying that. And I, I think that, I think those, um, those things can be funny. They can remind us not to hew too closely to, um, like, you know, uh, the very fine details of particular future visions. But, um, if, if we spend too much time, um, um, laughing about that. I think, uh, we, we miss the opportunity to, uh, to do some of that writing of the future in positive ways ourselves. I mean, on the other, there's also, you know, some of the things that aren't funny, uh, visions of the future, you know, would, would be, um, uh, dystopian TV shows ranging from the twilight zone to black mirror. And, um, and those are I think very valuable also in um, uh, showing the way that uh, extensions of uh, of you know current use of technology sometimes not very extreme extensions of those of those technologies can um, um, can have you know very very serious effect and and so exaggerating some of those um, some of those negative effects is um, is, is also necessary. I think in, in, in many ways, it's more necessary because, um, if there's something that's good about a technology, then, um, there's many actors in society that have, uh, a motivation to let people know about this, right? They, they, that, you know, the corporations that are putting forth these positive, uh, products that, uh, offer a good future want you to know, um, if there are things that are problematic, then we have to turn to um, other views from uh, writing, from art, um, uh, and from these types of dystopian shows and imaginations that might um, offer us uh, some pause
1: since we're on the we're on the subject of, visualizations perhaps then of what people think the future is whether that's you know the cartoons I mentioned the Jetsons of Futurama but also as we're mentioning now Black Mirror and say Divergent series kind of uh, books or Hunger Games quite frankly I was wondering what is the what has been the influence of media film newspapers obviously books We've we've been talking about that on, and portrayal and, and the portrayals of the future on public consciousness or public ideas of what the future is
0: um, Well I think it's I think it's been uh, quite strong because I think that um, uh, the future is um, uh, a, a site for imagination right It's a place where uh, people um, uh, individually and collectively um, are thinking about what uh, what the consequence of current technologies are, um, what possibilities are for, uh, better newer types of social organization, um, for, uh, living in cities in, in, you know, more positive ways. Um, and so, um, I guess one of the things about different forms of media, um, you know, I, I've, uh, some of the book deals with the work of the futurists, the Italian futurists, very problematic uh, uh, literary and art movement. Um, Some of it deals with utopian writing, um, but there's also certain things that um, on a different scale, that different sorts of media productions are really the only, the only things that can afford, uh, uh, you know, particular new, new sorts of uh, visions and insights. So to go back to the, you know, the, uh, the uh, world's fairs, um, General Motors sponsoring the Futurama exhibitions in New York, um, you know, provided um, this immense uh, vista, this aerialized view. People were taken, um, you know, over this the scene of what it, this diorama of what um, uh, what uh, we could hope for in terms of uh, automotive uh, liberty, you know, in the U.S. Um, and um, that's something that it's that would would have been hard for you know one person like Edward Bellamy or Charlotte Perkins Gilman um, to develop in the same way. In some visions, when you're talking about how um, you know urban space might be reorganized, uh, or uh, our ability to n- not perhaps urban space uh, reorganized, but our ability to get around uh, and uh, our possibilities for different sorts of of uh, mobility in different directions for for use of space. Um, that's something that uh, it might be hard for an individual writer to um, to deal with. I mean, there are influential books by by uh, um, uh, individual writers. Um, but you know it might be something that um, uh, a different sort of uh, media depiction that has more investment in it, you know is useful. so, um, and then, you know, something like the sort of, um, uh, the way that the, the visual design of, of minority report, you know, contributed to its, uh, uh, dystopian edge. Again, you know, it's, it's hard, even though it's, it's based on a, based on a story, based on a Philip K. Dick's story, but it's hard for that, uh, um, to, um, make its point as effectively, um, without, uh, big budget um filmmaking so i i think there's a point that i i don't i don't think that um anyone owns uh, the imagination of the future but i do think that there's uh, different useful perspectives on the future and um so uh, uh, someone putting forth a utopian story or novel might be very well-equipped to give an individ- individuated sort of humanistic perspective about what a single person's experience of the world is like and how uh, a different future building and future making might influence that. And then um, some things wait upon um, a larger budget. Sort of implementation in different ways. If you if you really want to show the uh, sort of God game uh, third person um, omniscient view of uh, of uh, what this uh, imagined society is like, then um, that will probably have to come together with um, different sorts of resources, different media resources. You know.
1: So we've been talking about like technology, whether it's communication talk, technology or other kinds of technology, and kind of uh, making the future. But is there a possibility of a future without the technologies that we've come to know, or innovations from technologies that we're used to now?
0: Well, I mean, there there could be a, a, a future um, of human extinction. <laughs> right? That would that would take care of uh, that would take care of the human uh, built uh, technologies so i mean that is a, that is a possibility
1: is there a, a luddite future perhaps <laughs> um
0: it's it's quite difficult um i think that i think choices can be made about about technologies um i don't but at the same time it's it's uh you know i mean um, think about a technology like um, uh, nuclear weapons, right. Which, which had been a very transforming effect in the 20th century, probably along with, along with computers that, you know, the other, the other you know, the major technology that had a, um, a, a global historical effect. Um, you know, there yeah and and it's still having an effect today this is still a current item in the news um uh, you know with with uh, north korean testing and uh and it, you know questions and fears um about um uh, that threat um i think it was norbert Wiener who said you know we can't put the genie back in the bottle you know it's 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 there there's some there's some points after which like once once this technology has been developed we can't just you know, stop it and, and, and get rid of it. Um, there are choices we can make. So I think on the other hand, um, when it comes to computing, uh, which is the, the sort of technology that I'm, I'm closest to, um, I think we can make choices still about whether we want computers to be used mainly for media distribution and consumption. Um, or if we want, to be able to educate ourselves and learn in different ways, to be able to think with media, uh, with computational media, to produce different work, uh, to share work. Um, so those are, those are the types of tendencies. I mean, it's not so much a choice of you know do we do we have a computer or not, um, but you know is it going to be uh, controlled um, in the way that uh, very traditional uh, media rollout deployment um, and consumption happened throughout, you know, mass media in the, in the 20th century, or is it going to be something that um, um, it might have some aspects of that? I mean, there's certainly still be um, streaming video services. There's certainly still be um, uh, various ways that we do uh, access and consume um, uh, media that's produced um that you know that's highly capitalized and that's and that's distributed but will there be space for our thinking as individuals for our communication for our collaboration and um, uh, for using those uh, those systems in uh, ways that are um, empowering to individuals and to um, groups of thinkers mm-hmm.
1: so what do you hope people take from your
0: book well um I want to, what I tried to draw out uh, is um, a set of principles, some of which are more clearly illustrated by, you know, some future makers than others. Um, to say that, um, uh, for instance, something that I uh, alluded to already, that it, it's not just what vision you have of the future, but what perspective uh, you use to share it with others. Um, do you take the uh, perspective of an individual going through a society and daily life? So the, the one of the early um, uh, highly lauded works of design fiction, Corning's A Day Made of Glass, has you know, people going to their job and, you know, there with their family and seeing all these new uses for um, uh, glass that can be a display surface, not just, uh, you know, the typical sort of building material that we expect um so that's 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 one direction and bellamy was was doing the same thing when he was presenting an individual who had woken up in this uh year 2000 boston and was being taken around in society and, and he was being shown f- from the street level what's going on but then there's also um the you know the need sometimes to show at a higher level view um how uh new imagination for society, um, uh, might improve it. So, um, so that perspective isn't inherently the correct one. You need to, uh, figure out, um, individually or collectively figure out how it is you want to present the, um, uh, the vision of the future that you have, um, not just what that vision is. What's next for you? Um, Well, I just I just finished up two projects. I just had another book also published, uh, a book of poetry called The True List. um, And that's um, that's from Counterpath Press. And one of the things I'm working on is it's the first in a book series and it's a series of uh, computer generated poetry and other uh, literary art. Um, so we have three books that have, that are out, it just came out at the, at the end of the year. And so one thing I'm doing is going with uh, my fellow authors. One is from Mexico city, one's from New York, you know, we're g- taking a book tour at the beginning of February and we're doing some other events. Um, and I'm looking to work with, um, some other authors, some of whom already have, you know manuscripts in. Um, to build that series up. That's one of the things that's very exciting to me is that people have been talking for decades about the idea of computer-generated poetry and people like Italo Calvino and Stanisla Lim. And um, it's, it's a, it's a sort of commonplace, you know, um, uh, science fictional idea, but now people are doing it. And not only um, uh, is it being made, but it's being made in very different ways. So um, I'm not you know, the one person uh, bearing forth the banner of this, but really uh, getting to collaborate with these other authors, um, trying to um, help them bring their, their projects to print if, they're, if that's what they're interested in, or reading the work that they uh, do online and appreciating that. Um, so that's, that's one aspect, um, is this, um, this other book and the things that follow on from that
1: we want to thank you for coming on new books and technology.
0: I was yeah very much glad to speak with you. Um, uh, thanks for the interest in the book. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that it's going to be useful, um, you know, to a range of people, people involved in business, but you know, also communities, uh, activism, um, academics, uh, teaching and learning. So, um, uh, I, I appreciate your, uh, talking with me about it and um, helping to um, get the word out and, and letting me think about the book some further myself.
1: And that was Nick Modford with his new book, The Future. This has been New Books and Technology. Have a great week.